What's up, Freedom Church family? We are so glad that you've decided to join us today. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that God's word is crucial to experiencing his true freedom. We pray that you will find hope and that God will speak to you wherever you are through today's message. God is about to show off in this season. And I really mean it. I'm not just sitting here or standing in front of you selling you a dream. He is about to show off in your life like never before. And and Miss Patsy dearly loved called Mima by many. She said something so specific. You got to believe that he's about to do it. You got to believe that he's about to do it, church. I'm telling you, he's about to show off in your life. And it's going to be amazing. And you're going to say, I didn't, I honestly didn't see it coming. It's not about what you didn't see. It's about what you believed for. If it was about seeing, we wouldn't be here because our eyes can play tricks on us. But what God is saying to the church is either you believe that I'm about to do the incredible or you're going to stay seated just looking at things that do not make sense. We got to believe. This is a miracle right here. This right here is a miracle right here. I, I know y'all don't know this because, because I don't speak about my family. But this is my only sister. My only sister. We're six boys. And I've been praying for her. Loving on her. God said, I'm going to do the impossible. And sometimes your eyes, they say, nope. It's not. It's just too impossible. God said, try me. Watch me do it. This is a miracle. We can give him praise for this. Watch him do it. Watch him do it. Heavenly Father, we thank you today. Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for allowing your instruments to be the trumpet to break chains in this place. Thank you for Brina. Thank you for her heart of service, her anointing that you've given her to speak and sing, that it literally moves the insides of the bodies and the spirits that you have in this place. Bless her. Open the doors specifically that you want for her. And Lord, I I tell you right now that that I'm in awe of what you continue to do in this place. What you continue to do individually with every person in this place. I declare miracles are going to be seen. Your goodness and your provision are going to be seen firsthand. 
that people are going to wake up in, in night and write things down because God is giving you dreams and he's pulling on your heart and he's pulling on things that you thought that were dead and he's telling you it is time to do it now. God, I ask you in your name to show off. Show them that you are God and sit on the throne alone. That there is no one beside you. And that what you start, you finish. Expansion is what you told me. Expansion is what's going to happen. And we declare it in your name. And we pray for every family in this place. Amen. And amen. Will you go with me to Luke chapter 17? Luke chapter 17. And we're going to go to verse 11. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. You don't have it and you have a digital Bible, you don't have a Bible at all, it's going to be on the screens. Thank God for technology. Amen. Luke chapter 17, verse 11 says this Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy, met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he said, and he was Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Were all the other not? Where is the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise. And go, your faith has made you well. Before you take a seat, I want to give you my title for tonight. Watch him turn it. Watch him turn it. Tell somebody, watch him turn it. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Watch him turn it watch him turn it i want to i want to bring a situation here or a story um or better said a a kind of life thought 
that will bring some consciousness in what I'm about to bring. I know I'm limited on time, but it is okay because the Holy Spirit interrupts whenever he wants to interrupt. And I'm okay with that. Amen, somebody. Amen. I don't know about you, but me, your pastor, needs a GPS. Can we, can we get some truth in here? I need a GPS. If I don't have a GPS, it will cost me my marriage. I know, I, I know, I know it sounds like a little bit like, what? What's going on here? Uh, GPS, yes, it will. The reason why is because my wife dislikes, as many as, as you've heard, dislikes my driving. She does not like the way I drive. She hates it. In fact, if you ever get a chance to ride with us in a car, she will literally, at times, speak out loud and say, Israel, watch where you're going. This is not where you needed to go. Did you ever see that car? And you would hear Pastor Stephanie speak to me as if I'm a five-year-old. Okay? This is why I need... Look at, look at Manny pointing at his wife. I need... He wasn't stretching. He was going like this. <laughs> Manny, don't get in trouble now. <laughs> I need a GPS. A GPS allows me to feel safe and to know where I'm going. It allows me to feel secure and understand where's my next destination. It allows me to, to understand what routes I'm taking. Where am I going to go? How am I going to go? Where is there any accident? Where is there any exposure? Where is there any, any problems or traffic? And, and as you've learned, those people that, that are moving to Tampa, or if you've been in Tampa uh, for quite a while, Tampa, you cannot go anywhere without any traffic. But the GPS helps you a tad bit. Now, this is what I cannot stand, are people that have shortcuts for everything. I know where to go. You don't need that. You, you're using a GPS. You don't need that. I know these roads left and right. Take a turn here. Go right there. Go here. Go there. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't stand them. Why can't you just use a GPS like everyone else? And they debate. There's always a debate when you're in the car. Who could get there faster? What route could take the, you there faster? What's, what's the best route that you can take if you're going to a specific place? If you're laughing, it's because you're part of the debate. My wife and I have this debate that we have. We have two ways, separate ways that we can get to church. She goes, my way is faster. And I tell her all the time, babe, you're not understanding. A pastor is always right. <laughs> debates, debates. I debate whether what road is faster, what, what, what route is going to take us there quicker and more effective. And I sometimes find myself that I'm rushing in traffic and I'm rushing and I'm running towards everyone and I'm angry. And she's like, why are you so angry? You're like angry all the time. You're just driving angry. It's like, woman, because you told me to take this route when I knew I could have just gone all the way over there. And then at the end of the day, I have to embrace her sweet hugs and her cooking. 
But the debate goes on. And I want to illustrate that to you because the debate that this scripture has that you don't know that it has is about to finish. And it's about to culminate in such a beautiful way. And I want to make sure to, under, to make you understand that whatever God has you going through, whatever you're experiencing, whatever God has you in, in, in a situation, I want you to understand he's about to turn it. He's about to turn it. Now, in this story, there is a moment where in the beginning you see Jesus and he is walking and Jesus did a lot of walking in his ministry. But if you specifically see in the first verse, he is walking, but he is in between two cities. He is between Galilee and Samaria. Samaria is predominantly known for the Samaritans. They are not like by the Jewish community. Galilee is filled with Jewish community. And so Jesus is walking in between a border between hatred and he is love. He is walking through a border that is hostile and volatile. It is the Samaritans versus the Jewish community. And they do not like each other. It is fascinating to me to see that Jesus is walking in the midst of trouble. This is not the first time we see Jesus walk in the midst of trouble. He's done it plenty of times. He's, he's done it while he sends his disciples away on the ship and on the boat. He walks on the water and there's a storm brewing. And he is just walking in the middle of the storm like he normally does because the storms do not make him afraid. Your problems and your issues do not make him afraid. Your sinful nature, who you are, what makes you and, and, and what, what actually makes you harmful to your own self does not scare him away. He is walking in between hatred and people that are volatile against each other. And he is walking because he has purpose. Between Samaria and Galilee. Now, here's... The beautiful part here are 10 leopards that come out of nowhere and they meet Jesus between this distinction. There, there are 10 leopards that are together. And, and I want you to understand this because I didn't get this until I read it and I read it over again. And I said, how did I miss that information you know when you read a scripture and you go yeah I know it David killed Goliath and all of that good stuff and then you read oh did he cut his head off too I didn't even see that in the beginning that's why you gotta stop and say cool I went to Sunday school but I need to read the Bible for myself I know pastor preaches amazing on Sunday, but I need to read the Bible for myself. I missed an opportunity here because I've preached on this scripture before and, and I preached on these 10 leopards before, but I missed an information. I could not believe I missed it. I read and I love the Bible, but I missed it. I missed it. And I felt like God, he, he just, he made me miss it on purpose. 
The Bible says that the 10 leopards met him. Now, the leprosy, obviously, as you all know, is a disease, skin disease, that kept any person that had leprosy outside of their own community. They would be outcast of their own community. They would not be welcome to worship. They would not be welcome to be fraternizing or have a relationship. They could not have anything outside of the people that had the same disease as them. So when you saw a leopard, you best believe that there was another leopard right next to them because what united them was leprosy. What united them was the sickness. You have leprosy. I have leprosy. Your skin is falling. My skin is falling. And is it quite ironic that we find people to associate ourselves with with the same weaknesses and the same strength we we kind of gravitate to each other there's a person that their life is ruined and my life is ruined too so I we need to be together Notice that we never run towards people that can actually do good. We run away from them. Have you ever had a confrontational friend? Look at Victoria. Yes. (laughs) If you're not saying yes, it's because you're the confrontational friend. (laughs) I am confrontational. If you're my friend, You have to accept that when I look at you, I'm going to read you. And when I read you, I'm going to dissect you. And when I dissect you, I'm going to make sure that if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, if you're feeling comfortable, if you're feeling relaxed, I'm going to pull your chain until you dislike me. BG knows. I remember... When I went up to, to Pastor Brett, which you guys kindly say to him, and, and I told him, I, I feel like I'm going to start asking you to do more Bible studies. He said, Pastor, you got the wrong guy. I said, okay, that's perfectly fine. I'll let God deal with your heart. And, 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 and I'm confrontational because he's comfortable in his sound room. And he's done such a great job for Freedom Church in the sound room. Ha- has he not? Let's give him a... A a clap. But I saw his comfort zone and I said, I I feel like God is pushing me to take him outside of his comfort zone, outside of where he is, outside of what he thinks is his purpose and into what God is really calling him to do. He gave me pushback. He said, "Mm -mm. sometimes I think you're crazy. I said, it's okay. So I said, let's start off with a Bible study once a month. He said, I I think I could do that. That'll give me a lot of time to prepare and a lot of time to just, you know, look at notes and see how I'm doing. And, and, And that's how he started. And honestly, what caught me by surprise was that he started pulling me and saying, hey, Do you have a Bible study? Because I have another one. And I looked at him and I said, oh, really? You have another one? Wow, that's amazing. You want to give it? Yeah. He will come up to me the next week. I have another one. Wow, really? You have another one? And all 
reason why, that's the reason why God made me confrontational. Because if I'm not confrontational, he stays in his sound booth and he doesn't do an excellent job. What he's doing every single Tuesday. But we are drawn to the people that cannot tell us what's wrong with us. We are drawn to people that cherry coat every single conversation. Have you ever had those friends? Man, my life is doing, it's just horrible. And they go, no, it's not. You just, you just gotta, you gotta believe that God is good. And all the while, somebody should have told them, you know why your life is like that? You know why your life is jacked up? Because you don't pray. You don't have intimacy. You don't read your word. Or you make dumb mistakes. Let me teach you. But we run away from those people. It's too confrontational. They're always like telling me that I'm just too comfortable. I can't deal with them. It's just too argumentative. So these 10 leopards are united because of their sickness and their disease. And they're together. And they come up to Jesus. And they tell Jesus, Jesus, please, can you please heal us? Now, hear me out. Jesus is in between Samaria and Galilee. And he is looking at these 10 leopards. And these 10 leopards are coming up to him and asking him, can you please just from a distance, heal us. Jesus says, go to the high priest and go get yourself checked out. He doesn't say you're healed. He doesn't say, ala uh, kazam, ala kazoo. He doesn't say any of that. He says, go on your journey with your sickness. <laughs> he says, go on your journey the same way you came up to me. Go on your way the same way with, that you have. Go on the same way, on the same route, and go, and go and get yourself checked out. Now, he is telling them something that they're supposed to do when they're healed, but they still have leprosy. So how do I go to do what you're calling me to do when I still feel sick and I don't feel like I need, I, like I still need healing? How, how do you want me to, to, to worship when I'm still feeling a little down? How do you want me to lift my hands when I feel like you haven't answered my prayer? How do you, how do you want me to continue to move forward when I'm still filled with leprosy? Because it takes faith. Go to the high priest. I know you don't feel ready. My God. I, I know that I'm calling you for bigger things. I know that I'm calling you for higher heights. I know that I'm calling you out of your uncomfort zone and you're telling God, God, but look at what's still wrong with me. You still haven't helped healed this part of my life. You still haven't taken care of this part of my life. And he says, go and do what I've told you to do. And 
on the way. They received their healing. The Bible says that they noticed that they were healed. If, 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 that's why I can't be in the Bible. Because they would have wrote about me a lot. Not because I'm like David and fearless. Not because I'm like Samuel and anointed. Not because I'm Goliath and big. They would have wrote me about me a lot. Because I would have been questioning every single thing that Jesus would have said. I promise. Hey, Jesus, I need help. Go to the high priest and show yourself. They would have all started walking, and I would have been the only one. Uh, I'm sorry. You probably didn't hear what we said. Jay, let me, let me holler at you real quick. I said, we need help, and we need to be clean. And you're telling us to go as if we are already clean. And you're not understanding my skin is still falling off. So there's something off here. The Bible says that they didn't question him. Thank God, because you know who questioned him? Pastor Israel. I put myself in that slot so many times. If Jesus was in front of me and I knew that he can heal me and I ask him for help and he tells me to do something that doesn't make sense and it does not affect my healing, do I still go? Do I still move? Because I would have been like, oh, um, do you want me to get like healed? And then like I, I'm still waiting for you to put your hands on me. Because I know that you've healed so many other people. And now I need you to heal us. And so I need you to do what you said you were going to do. Because you're calling me to higher ground. And I still don't know if I'm capable of doing what you're calling me to do. I'm scared to go. And you're asking me to go. And I can't because I have leprosy. Don't you get it? No one wants me around. Don't you get it? I'm a nuisance to society. Maybe I should sit down with you and have a cup of coffee and let you know how my skin is irritating and they don't like for me to sit next to them. What do you want me to say that is better than just heal me? Can, can you do something physically for me so other people can see that you are God, that you're amazing? Can, can they do it? He said, go and see the high priest. And I'm, I feel God in this place today so heavy because I feel like God is challenging every person in this place to say, I'm calling y'all for something. I'm calling y'all for something. And I don't want to hear about your diseases. I don't want to hear about your crutches. I don't want to hear about your deficiencies. I am calling you for something. So what are we going to do? No, God, is that you don't understand like when I walk inside of a, of a room, like people just give me dirty looks 
do you think that that scares me? Do, do you think that that honestly is going to stop me from actually using y'all? Do, do you actually think that that's going to stop my provision from coming? So if I'm calling y'all for something, do you not think that I've counted the cost? Do you not think that I've already seen past all of your deficiencies? Do you not already see that I've already seen every single thing ahead of your little, little mind? Go and get yourself checked. And the mentality is, I'm clean. Not because I see that I'm clean. Because he gave me the word to move as if I'm clean. That's why we can't move in, in, in church as freely as we think we should. Because our minds are captive. And if our minds are captive, we cannot move freely in what God wants us to do. Our minds are captive. So we are lifting our hands, but our minds are captive. Because we are literally waiting for, we don't have no leprosy on the outside, baby, but we sure do have it in the inside. And so what ends up happening is that we, we raise our hands and we go, don't I look good? Don't I smell good? Don't, isn't my hair awesome? Isn't my hair awesome? Yeah. Thank you, Larissa. My hair's awesome. No, so so we go. Is it? Are we not cool? Do we not look awesome? But we have leprosy inside, and God is telling you, "Hey, I know that what you deal with is a struggle. I know what what you deal with is a strong situation in your mind. But I'm calling you to be loose and free, clean." Without being clean? Doesn't that, that like strike you odd? You want me to go and show myself as clean and I'm not clean? I'm not clean, but you're saying that I'm clean. I'm not clean, but you're saying that I'm clean. I feel like I'm not worth it, but you're saying I'm worth it. Uh, you're saying that I feel like I'm not called, but you're saying that I'm called. You're saying that I have enough, but it doesn't look like I have enough. Like, so what is it, God? Because what I see doesn't match up to what I am feeling. I have leprosy. Go. doesn't put his hands on them. He doesn't pray for them. Oh, mighty man of God. Oh, you excellent servants of God. He doesn't do any of that. He says, go, show yourself as clean. It's a mindset thing. It's a faith thing. I'm clean. Hey, your skin is falling off. I'm clean. If it was me, I would have been petty too. I would have also been in the Bible and they would have said as Israel was walking, people started 
just like talking about his leprosy. And he would have said, I'm clean, baby. But you're still ugly. <laughs> That's me. That's me. So I would have had to return and go, God, please clean my heart because I'm clean from the outside, but I'm not clean in the inside. I'm still calling people ugly. <laughs> the Bible says that he sent them away and they realized on the way they were cleaned. Now, this is the part of the story that I don't want you to miss because I've preached about this before and I've gotten, I mean, it was amazing just like I had right now. We were talking about the leprosy and how God did a thing because the Bible, it's not me that's amazing. It's the Bible. The Bible is amazing. That's why you go, wow, it's just that word. It's the word. The word is the word. Mm -hmm. And the word sets you free. The Bible says that they noticed that they were clean. And here is where I missed it. The Bible says one of them came back and he gave thanks to God. And I was aware of that because I know that most of us, out of 10, 10 out of 10 or 1 out of 10, we are not uh, the same in, in, in our mentalities, in our mindsets, in, our, in the way of thinking, in the way of walking. We're not the same. But this shows, this shows humanity that one out of ten came to give glory to God and thank God for what he had done. And I found myself the other day and, and not kind of just belittling what God has done. I, I, God hit me with a two by four the other day. He said, you have been still giving me thanks for what I've done. I need you to get away from everything and give me thanks. I, I, I need you to meditate and give me thanks for what I have done in your life. Maybe I'm not in the place that I need to be in, but God surely has taken people away from me that if he didn't take them away from me, they would have damaged what God had for me in the first place. So thank you for the pain. Thank you for the provision. Thank you for taking things away. Thank you for adding things. Thank you. So he comes back, and I know the story. He comes back, he gives glory to God. So awesome. Wow, one out of ten. You ungrateful people. <laughs> I can't be God because I would have given leprosy to the nine again. You see how bad I am? Y'all, keep your pastor in prayer. <laughs> I would have said, oh, you came back? Oh, don't worry about it. Psst. <laughs> they would have said, hey, we're clean. Never mind, we're not clean. Yeah, that's right. Come back, baby. You need me. Right? I know the story. Came back, gave thanks. It's not the story, though. The part that fascinates me. Cam, I'm, I'm done. The part that fascinates me is very simple. I missed it. I missed it the first time. The Bible says he gave thanks and fell at Jesus' feet. And I said, yeah, I know that. What I missed is that he was Samaritan. 
have to backtrack. Wait. Samaritans and Jews don't get along. They're not even supposed to be in the same vicinity because Jews hate Samaritans and Samaritans hate Jews. So there was a Samaritan in one of the Jewish community because of a sickness? Wait, wait, wait. So they didn't kick him out because he was Samaritan. They allowed him inside because he was a leper. So now, God creates an integration of ethnicities through sickness. He was Samaritan. He was Samaritan. That means that the others were Jewish. The but why would Luke say this? Luke messed with my brain on this one. Because Luke, I understand why he likes all the healing. He just speaks about healing because he's a physician. Yeah, good for you, Luke. But he says, he came back. He was a Samaritan. I was blown away. I said, wait a minute. These 10 leopards were in community together. All nine of them were Jewish. One of them was Samaritan. And they didn't kick him out because they didn't see him as Samaritan. They saw him as a leopard. So God uses the circumstance to integrate unity. <laughs> That's why I said in the beginning, he was between the border of Galilee and Samaria. So he sees all 10 come up and Jesus has a decision as a rabbi. I will save and heal the nine that belong to my squad. Not you, Samaritan. You don't belong here. So he heals all 10 of them. Here's the kicker. As they're walking, they're used to walking together because there's a common ground. We're leopards. You're a leopard, I'm a leopard, we're leopards. Yeah. Cool. Your skin is falling down, my skin is falling down. Cool. Instagram, skin falling down. Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag skin disease. So they are united through the sickness. And on the way, they get healed. What unites me now? Because now that we're healed, I'm back being a Samaritan. I've been an outcast, so I know what it is. So they're walking. And I feel like he notices I'm clean. They're like, I'm clean too. Hey. Y'all, we already know what's the ritual. We got to go to the high priest so we can worship again. But I'm Samaritan. Where, where do I go? You hear me, hear me. Hear me, hear me. God will take people out of your life. He will put people in a season in your life. 
and take them out the next. And if you're worried about what he took out, you'll never realize what he's about to put in. I'm teaching. Okay. He tells them, go. And the Samaritan is walking with them. He's like, yo. He said, go, but I don't know why I'm going. Because I'm just going to go with y'all because we're leopards, still leopards. Oh, no, you're clean. You're clean. I'm clean. You're Jewish. I'm Samaritan. You guys know where to go. I don't. Sometimes you outgrow things in your life. Sometimes you outgrow things in your life that when you go back to it, you go, I don't, that don't feel the same. That don't feel the same. I just, I feel like I've outgrown that. You guys have the same mindset. You guys are going again to the place that rejected us. Do y'all not get tired of that? So his mind is also healed. Because his body is healed, but he's running with the same people. And they're going the same way. And he goes, wait a minute. No, they didn't heal us. Y'all worship all that time. They didn't heal us. They didn't even come to see us. I'm thinking different. I'm moving different. I'm walking different. And people go, oh, so you're going to go the opposite way, huh? So you'd rather just, just go your way, huh? Yeah. It just, even if it's a lone road, I, I feel like I'm making more progression than what I'm doing with all of y'all. Do you know why they didn't like each other? It's not that they're not both Jewish they're both Jewish they're half breeds but they're still Jewish they're half breeds they're still Jewish but that's not the reason they hated because they were debating all the time our place is where God resides no 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 it's in our place that God resides. So the Jewish community said, oh, not only are y'all half-breeds, y'all want to dictate where God resides? And the Gentiles looked at them and said, aren't y'all a bunch of snobs that think that God only resides over there with y'all whole breeds? There was a debate. And this is so apparent when Jesus speaks to the woman at the well. Y'all, I'm about to teach y'all something. Look, look, look at, look at, look at what the Samaritan woman at the well says. Look at what she says. Jesus approaches her to get a, a, a think of water, and she immediately is starstruck. What? What? Sir, the woman said, I can see. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew. Uh, duh. You're a Jew, and I'm Samaritan. 
how can you ask me for a drink when, when we don't associate with y'all and y'all don't associate with us? Why? Why do they not associate? So we know the story. Jesus tells her, hey, your love life is a little trippy. You got like five husbands. One baby daddy, another cousin over there that you're hanging out with. None of them are your real husbands. They never promise you you're still a single lady. All the singles ladies, yeah, you're still single. And he, he, he lets her know about her own life. He reads her like the new generation says. Oh, you read her, right? He reads her. He checks her. And you know what she says? She tries to switch the conversation up. And this is why we see why Samaritans and Jews don't get along. Sir, the woman said, I can see you're a prophet because, like, you told me about my life, and that's super cool. <laughs> but our ancestors, here we go, worshiped on this mountain. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem that's the debate that's why we don't get along and God he's about to turn it he's about to turn it tell somebody he's about to turn it he's about to turn it watch him turn it Jews are going back to Jerusalem we got to see the high priest we got cleansed we're back in our community of worship, so we're going back to Jerusalem. The Samaritan is perplexed. I can't even go over there. Because they're going to the wrong place of worship. But I feel like I've grown, and I feel like God has removed things that were in my life to make things clear. And he's turning everything around, and I don't know what I'm doing, but I feel like my body is turning around as well. So the Bible says he turns around, and he goes. The Bible says he worships in loud voice, not on the mountain. In the place of his gratitude. Jesus is turning it around. He is turning it around. He's saying it's not on the mountain, baby girl. It's not in Jerusalem. It's wherever you see that I've done something in your life and gratitude shows up. That's the place of worship. So he falls on his knees and he says, God, the mountain didn't heal me. Y'all not understanding. The mountain didn't heal me. The rituals didn't heal me. What I knew didn't heal me. My own thoughts didn't heal me. What healed me was when I screamed out your name. And you told me. It's done. It's done. It's done. 
want to bring to collection today. What has God done for you? What has he done for you? Has he turned it around? Is he turning it around? What has he done for you? What has he done for you? Have you taken a moment to just ponder on what he's done for you? What he's done for you? What he's done for you? Not what he's about to do. Not what, not what he's going to currently happen. No, 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 none of that. None of that. What he's done for you. What has he actually done for you? That's the place of worship. When you take a moment and you say, Oh God, how can you be so good to me? I remember. I remember that I was a leopard and on my way, on my way, on my way. You cleansed me. Can I worship you here? Is it okay that I worship you here? But you're on the side of the car. Is it okay that I worship you here? But you're, but you're inside of your little daughter's room. Is it okay that I worship you here? Yes, Jesus. Not on a mountain. Not in a church building. Not, not up here on the stage. Can I worship you? He turned the whole thing around and said, when you figure out that your gratitude leads you to the perfect place of worship, you'll understand and you'll find me. It's your gratitude. It's your gratitude. Not your selfishness. It's your gratitude. That's what brings out the best worship. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for the good. Thank you for the bad. Thank you for the maybes. Thank you for the no's. Thank you for the rejection. Thank you. Thank you for, for putting me in that situation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for letting that person break my heart. Thank you for letting not that person break my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for letting these friends backstab me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know that you were going to take me this far. And here's the reality. He had a community with the leopards. And the leopards let him in because of the sickness. And he was still an outcast when they were clean. But here is the trick. He turned around. And he met Jesus. He met Jesus. Not a, a high priest with a robe that was going to just pray over him. He met the high priest of all the high priests that was going to grant him salvation. He met Jesus. So today, I'm telling you, what has happened here has been short of explaining. Do not go another day without thanking God for what he has turned around. Stand on your feet. hope as you go as you go
mind, spirit, heart, body, everything. As you go, you'll receive your healing. Preach the word. Say it how it is. Develop your sermons. Develop your conferences. Build your children. Stand next to that handsome man. You'll receive your healing as you go. He don't care about none of what you think can stop you from getting there. You'll get your healing as you go. Be faithful in what he tells you. Move and speak when he tells you. Be fearless as he tells you. Do not be limited by what you think you're limited. Allow him to tell you what are your limits and you function in those. Every eyes closed, every heart open. Heavenly Father, we thank you today. Thank you for your word in this place. Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for every person in this place. I ask you right now that, that you may remain in us and us in you. That today will be the day that we open our hearts and tell you thank you for every single thing that you have done in our lives. Whether we felt pain in a season, whether we felt joy in another, thank you for everything that you have allowed. Because it's built us and it's turned us around to come in contact with your presence. The leprosy brought me to get my healing, but my gratitude got me to your presence. And today, we declare that for us. What was holding me back, what was, what was ailing me, brought me to you to get my healing. But what's going to bring me back to your presence is my gratitude. So we declare freedom in this place, freedom in the hearts, freedom in the minds, freedom in the households, in our communities, in our schools. Everywhere we go, we declare freedom and we honor you today and always, forever and ever. Amen. If you would like to learn more about who we are and what we believe at Freedom Church, then make sure you visit our website at freedomchurchfamily.com. You will find it easy to invest in this ministry as well as be a part of our upcoming events. Thank you so much for listening and remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this one. We pray you accept this gift of freedom and share it with someone you know.